Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The Premier Non-League Podcast. Missing again tonight, but don't worry, I think he's on the retain list and we've offered him a contract for next season. So it's me, Trevor, in the chair. Welcome to episode 33 of the Premier Non League podcast. Good evening, everyone. Well, evening as we record, and again, James is missing for yet another episode. He's getting a little bit part time at the moment, isn't he, chat? No, he's living like me, isn't he? No, no one could be part time as that. So tonight, we've got me, Trev, hosting. Chris is here as well. Chris, how are you doing? I'm, I'm good, thanks. I'm very good. Gaz in the bottom left-hand corner, you all right? Very good, thank you. And Pete hiding behind his microphone in the right-hand corner. I'm very well, thank you, Trevor. And yourself? Excellent. Yeah, I'm very good, thank you. Very good. So here we are with our penultimate episode of the season. We're going to do one more before our summer break. Looking at the 6th of June at the moment, which is when the National League playoffs would have finished the day before. So the whole non-league season would have completely wrapped up. And we've gone... We've got an extra week this week so we can take in the National League finishing, the uh, start of their playoffs, and obviously we're just before the trophy and the Vars this coming weekend as well at Wembley. So despite the fact there's only a little bit of football going on, there's still plenty, plenty to talk about. There's not been uh, any shortage of, of football going on, of things going on. Like everyone thinks that the season for, for Worthing, for example, for, for Pete and Gaz and James finished them um, three weeks ago. It actually didn't. And we managed to have a game last week, didn't we, Pete, for Worthing? Yeah, what a great experience that was. It was, wasn't it? Did you did you do hospitality in the end or did you... Uh, of course I did. ...with us plebs? You, uh, <laughs> you had the prawn sandwiches. But it wasn't prawn sandwiches, it was chicken breast. So <laughs> you're probably the only person that got fed, is that right, Pete? Probably. <laughs> yeah, we had a bit of a nightmare with parking and everything everything else really. It wasn't it wasn't what I found the best organised for a Premier League stadium. I thought it was quite sort of it was a well, if we have to host it, we will. Um and judging by a few of the tweets I put out afterwards as well, I wasn't the only one that had a few problems with bits and pieces, but um, Worthing didn't disgrace themselves, did they, Pete? I think they, a couple of players looked a little rusty, having not played for three weeks, didn't they? And I think Brighton struggled a little bit to start with, being used to having a crowd in watching them. Yeah, I, f- I think I, I spoke to Adam about it because um, I was with him last week at the Champion of Champions for the under-18s final. And he, 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 he was saying, you know, possibly we would, you know, because of the break, we were just a little bit off the pace and not quite, not quite sharp enough to, you know, obviously it was Brighton under 23s. Um, but yeah, Brighton under 23s don't generally play in front of a big crowd like that, no, to be honest. No. You know, they don't get more than a, you know, a good few hundred, I don't think. Judging from what people tell me when they go to under 23 games. I don't think, to be fair, Worthing disgraced themselves in, in any way. I think the first no. half was actually probably fairly even. And then I imagine a few words were said in the Brighton changing rooms at half time. They came out that little bit sharper in the, in the second half, I think. And I think that kind of just took the game away from Worthing a little. Yeah, definitely. Um, but I think the, the most embarrassing thing was their centre forward. Was it Tolesh? To- to- yeah, yeah, yeah. And for him to take his shirt off and his and his training bra, um, whip them off in front of the crowd and celebrate in front of an empty stand it was a bit embarrassing. It's like he'd won the FA Cup or something. Yeah, it wasn't the best. I spoke to um, what, uh, someone I know afterwards who uh, scouts for Brighton um, and three of the lads he scouted were in that game. Um, the guy with the two goals wasn't one of them, um, but um, he turned around to me and said, yeah, he's not for me. 
Um, so he, he's obviously got a little bit of a reputation that goes before him, um, to be honest. But um, I mean, four... if, you get ch- if you get a chance to watch the highlights, watch them. Yeah, yeah. But four well taken goals, though, from Brighton. That was yeah. the undoing, really, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Especially, you know, if us going ahead, getting that penalty, um, which looking at the, the highlights, I think it was actually outside the box. So we got a bit fortunate there. Um, but yeah, I, I think we put up a good account of ourselves. So for the position we're in and, you know, what was what's our team value? About £5,000 in Brighton Hoves under 23s are probably more like five to £10 million. Pound. Yeah, so there's always going to yeah. be a there's always going to be a bit of a golf in, in class, mm. isn't there? Yeah. And since we last recorded, Chris, we've had the playoffs, haven't we, for North Shields? Did South North Shields Field. get from sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> oh, what, a, yeah. what a bad one. We'll start again. Yeah, we'll start again on that bit. Guys, <laughs> you can note that point, can't you? And and since we last recorded, Chris, for South Shields, we've had the playoffs. Did mm. South Shields get promoted? No. Oh. Mm. Why not? Um, there was an, ev- an inevitability about it. Looking back at the semi-final against Warrington, um, it was basically in 120 minutes of football and a penalty shootout. We had the, just the full story of the season, um, all rolled up into a tidy little ball. Um, went one nil up. Played well in the first half, and the second half just didn't just didn't come out and. Uh, we were bullied um, and the stronger side, well, not the better side, but the stronger side when we were too weak. Um, and unfortunately, Trevor, um, I'm going to kind of almost quote you. Um, if you remember a while ago, and whether we were actually on record at the time or whether it was off off record, I remember asking you about uh, JJ Hooper. Yeah. Who would sign from Barnet and, and you'd said that he, He'd started well, put a few goals away, got injured, came back and just didn't really do anything. Correct, yeah. It's happened again. Just (laughs) not interested. But unfortunately, um, the recruitment, which started last summer and continued into the autumn, um, has ultimately been South Shields' downfall. Um, Hooper, on the night and the semi-final, just didn't want to know. It was embarrassingly bad from him. Um, So once you've got you know, it's like any machine. If you've got one one element of your machine not working fully, it's the whole the whole machine breaks down, and that is exactly what happened. Um, the ball just kept coming back and back and back, and our, our our lads just couldn't withstand the onslaught in 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 the second half. So, still we got to a penalty shootout. Still we had a penalty to win the shootout, but um, it it it, it just wasn't to be, and I kind of. There was just there just seemed an, an inevitability about it, so I, I got over it pretty quickly. Um, just mistakes, which all the mistakes we've discussed over the season on this podcast, on on the Mariners podcast, everything just came home to roost in 120 minutes that night. So, what do you think needs to change across the summer for it to be a success next season? I think we have to get rid of the full time model, um, unless unless the chairman or other potential investors inject hundreds of thousands in to be able to get a better calibre of player on a full-time basis. Um, the, the idea of signing young kids coming out of academies um, was flawed. It was a flawed idea because, unfortunately, particularly in one case, it's just not physically strong enough to cope with the demands of the Northern Premier League. Basically, That's, got that's what we found as well, Chris. Players coming yeah. out of the academies and, and coming to Barnet this year they've not been physically strong enough no. because they don't have that real competitive edge to a game anymore no um so um the the retained list was was um published last week um there are a number of players who are still on still have 12 or 18 months left on their contracts um I'd like to think some of them will be away by the summer I would like to see who go I would like to see Masanka go. I would like to see Cedric Main go. And I would like to see Connor T go. That's no disrespect to Connor T, by the way, who is a good player. He's a lovely lad, but it's just not strong enough. The other three are just a waste of time and energy. Um, I'm not fit to wear a South Shield shirt, in my view. And you say that the full-time model possibly should be abandoned. Do you think yeah. something like a hybrid kind of model yeah. that a lot of clubs adapt with the with the morning training and the evening as well will work better. 
So the hybrid model was brought in for the 2019-2020 season. Mm. And with the hybrid model, we were 12 points clear at the top of the league when COVID hit. With the hybrid model. Yeah, so we have I think that gives you the best of both worlds, doesn't it? For the it players does. you sign. Of course it does. And, and why it was ditched. Uh, when we already had enough experience of this league, you know, the league doesn't change. It's been like that, you know, ad finitum. So, um, so uh, I want to see a return to the hybrid unless there's going to be massive inve- investment in, in, in full-time players. I want to see players come in who are physically strong and I want to see players who are prepared to put a shift in for the club and be part of the be at the heart of the club. Some of the players I've mentioned earlier just aren't interested and there's been kind of a detachment between certain players and supporters. It's just like we've gone corporate far too early, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, I think I think I could, there's a few similarities there with Barnet as well. Yeah. You know, it hasn't worked for us this year. There are players in there that don't look interested in, in, in pulling a shirt on and I mm. think you know, between the four of us, we can all agree that when you go and watch a game, if the players put a shift in and and, and you lose, you're quite happy with that because mm. they put the effort in. But to not to, to not do that, and especially when they're getting full time wages yeah. as well, you, you just expect that little bit, don't you? You know, and you can stomach the rest if it doesn't quite happen. Correct. Um, we just basically some of those players I've mentioned, you know, well, about three of them have basically stolen a living from South Hughes Football Club for the for the length of time they've been at the club currently, albeit Mustang has been on loan at Boston. Um, he's probably stolen a living there if they are paying his wages. So um, I want to see them out of the club. Um, I want to get back to, even if it's just one or two local lads, local part-time lads who have the North East at heart and know what it takes to, to get out of this league, um, it'll just give the club a little bit of its identity back because there was a detachment, um, certainly. And on that night, on that playoff semi-final, there was a kind of, there was an eeriness about the place. I quickly left. I, I left with my two sons. They, the two sons were absolutely devastated. They couldn't speak. I, I didn't hear a word from them until the next day. Um, and uh, there was an eeriness about the place. Everybody was just silent. Everybody kind of just started walking out. Well, not everybody, but there was a lot of us kind of walked out because there was just an, an inevitability about it. Yes. Do you think Kevin Phillips will still be there next season? Um, there's no reason why not. He now has an opportunity to build his own team. He has to be ruthless enough to, we- to, to you know, to winkle out these yeah. wasters and bring in players who are fit to wear a Southfield shirt. Um, he knows the game inside out. He should have enough about him to... to and obviously this is, if, at the end of the day, Kevin Phillips wants to become a, a football league manager. Yeah. If he can't do the job at this level, how is he going to do at a football league level? He was fairly ruthless as a player, isn't he? You've got to hope that he's still got yeah. some of that in him to, to, as, I, as a manager to, to come back and show that. Yeah, I have no problem with Kevin Phillips at all. In fact, I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do because I don't care whether you were Graham Fenton, Kevin Phillips, Alex Ferguson. You wouldn't have got much out of that lot that we had last season, not after the recruitment in the summer, which ultimately, I think, boils down to the, the former manager, Graham Fenton. They were his decisions. He decided to go full-time. They were his, it was his recruitment, really. Um, but whether you were Fenton, Phillips, Alex Ferguson, you name it, they wouldn't have got much out of them because if, you, if you've got players who aren't interested, then you're never going to do it. Never. Hey. Well, I was, I was going to ask you that, Chris. Did you think, you know, uh, with Kevin Phillips coming in the time he did and Graham Fenton had you at the top of the league at the time, I mm. think, or, or second? Um, second, yeah. Yeah, but you don't think the end, end of the season would have been resulted anything different to what it has? Personally, no. Other fans might see otherwise, but they might have black and white tinted specs on, I don't know. But um, I, I don't care who you are. Those players, some of those players were not fit to wear a shield shirt and... You were, they were never going to get promoted. There was rumours of Fenton losing the dressing room. Something wasn't right. Let's be clear. Something, I don't know what it was, but something wasn't right. The players were being micromanaged during games, given instructions that, by the looks on their faces, they just didn't understand. There was so much information being put into their heads. Um, and, um, and so Jeff Thompson made the change. Um, in hindsight, was it the right one? We're not sure because, of course... We didn't get promoted, but 
I, I will state again, I don't think it was Phillips' fault that we didn't get promoted. It boils down to players, ultimately. Um, if you want, As I said before, you only need one player in a, in a team of 11, not putting a shift in, and that is it. Mm. And um, time and time again, we had one, sometimes two, even three players not given enough. And um, it's bit us on the backside. So it's a big summer for Shields. It's a huge summer because there's a lot of discontent um, in and around the town and the club. Um, decisions that are getting made off the field in terms of the um, well, the pricing structures that are going to be, looks like they're going to change slightly. There's a bit of discontent, so it's a big summer. And really, it all has to go right on the pitch. If it goes right on the pitch, I think off the pitch will look after itself. Okay, and Chris, uh, one final one for me. Um, yeah. Do you think it will attend, um, affect attendances, et cetera, next season, especially if they're going to make pricing changes, et cetera, et cetera, because you haven't got ultimately where you wanted to go? If the product isn't good enough, yes, it will affect the attendances. Um, there was, in fact, there was a, um, on social media today, there was a conversation between some supporters and one or two said that we're talking about prices going up. You know, in the in the early years of the Jeff Thompson era, it was only six quid to get in when we were in the Northern League. Um, actually, these fans said they would have paid double 12 quid, which is what it might go up to. They would have paid 12 quid to watch that product. It was that good. Um, with Julio Archer in the squad and all those, the players that, the, the, you know, the club legends now, but they're all retired, mostly retired. Um, and so... If the product's right, I don't think anybody will complain about £12 to watch a good game of football or whatever price it is. But the product this season simply hasn't been good enough. And so talk of prices perhaps going up um, will disenchant some. But that's why this summer's huge. If you, get the, if you get the right recruitment, the right players and start playing the right type of football and ultimately bring a little bit of entertainment back and some success, then I think that'll look after itself Clearly, attendances may be hit. Sunderland are in a playoff final on Saturday. They go up to the championship. Um, Newcastle, obviously, are going to probably be going for Champions League next year. So there's big pressure because the disenchantment of those clubs may well be gone for both of them come Saturday afternoon. So it's a huge summer, huge. Just before we move on, while we're on the subject of full-time football below the National League, what are we thinking of Macclesfield at step four going full-time just a year after reforming? Everyone would think it's lunacy. Um, I'm partially going to say that. It's absolutely ludicrous. But you have to remember in the northwest of England, there is a massive saturation of clubs and players. If you look at Lancashire, for instance, um, and the number of football league academies and Premier League academies in Lancashire, the, the overspill of players who are kind of rejected at the ages of 18 and 21 and 23 gives you that natural kind of drip feed into the lower levels. So it's not as difficult for them. They, 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 they could still attract a very high calibre of player at full time compared to South Shields because South Shields, remember, the northeast is more of an outpost. Um, which is why the hybrid model worked for South Shields because you could, you weren't paying out full-time wages on everyone. You were getting the good local lads and then you can pick and choose the non-local lads who were really worth it. So ultimately it's, just, it's ludicrous really, I mean, at that level. But it might not, it might work given the fact that there's such a huge saturation of player, the player pool in the Northwest is so massive. Thanks guys. I think I think it's I think it's a good idea. Good idea. Having watched the documentary, mm. they've been very pragmatic in what they've done in that first year. I don't think it's a bad idea. I think it gets Macclesfield if it gets Macclesfield back to where they want to be quicker. Then I just worry that they'll need to have back to back promotions. A little bit like what Chris was saying there with going full time, then not going full time. It needs to happen year after year after year if they're going to go full time to make it work. Yeah. Otherwise, I think it it'll end up Macclesfield of old, poorly run and end up in the same position that they were in a few years ago. I think Gaz is right. You know, you won't use the word pragmatic. Um, they have to remain pragmatic. That's, that's quite good for him as well, Chris. It's a very good word for a Monday night. 
Um, and for Gaz, that's not that's actually that's unfair on Gaz. But, um, but uh, as I say, it, it's a slightly different dynamic compared to teams in the northeast like South Shields, on, purely because of the saturation. The player pool is massive. Mm. Hence, when South Shields took on the hybrid model, the players they recruited were by and large from the northwest, so they could pick what they felt were the best players and the right players to fit to fit the bill whilst retaining a good, a good solid foundation of local lads. And it worked. We were 12 points clear, you know, we'll go back to it. It's like a broken record, but, but Macclesfield, I just hope it doesn't smack of um, elitism too quickly as well. It's yeah. A, it's a, yeah. yeah that, that's a worry. I think trying to, I think try also, to run before you can walk a little bit. Yeah. yeah. I think they, also having someone sorry. like Robbie Savage on there, who's played at, Blackburn mm. played at United, Suns play at United, so yeah. has contacts there within the mm. academy and the yeah. under 18s, under 23s. Played at Derby, which again isn't too far from Macclesfield being in Cheshire. I think yeah. I think having him on on the board and having him in that with all these contacts, I think I think it's probably going to be. I think it's a good idea. I think I don't think yeah. they'll struggle. Academy yeah. players, you're saying about academy players, it's that level, just that level below where Shields were, where yeah. there are a lot of younger players playing at that level. You look at Worthing's squad, very young squad, but they none of them particularly struggled. Um, and I think, yeah, I think, I think they'll be all right. I think that's yeah. a good idea. Hey, yeah, I was just going to say that I think with, with in Macclesfield's situation, I I've got nothing against it. I think it's probably a good idea because I think what they've managed to do really well, having watched a documentary, is, is the, the retention of that supporter base that they've got up there. Mm. And, you know, they've had real, real big, big, big crowds. So I don't yeah. think it's going to be difficult for them to, to, to adjust to that at all. No. While we're on the full-time bit, we've got, there's a few managers moving into full-time positions as well, which we'll we, we chat a little bit later on, but while we're talking about teams going up and staying where they are, the league allocations came out provisionally this week for steps three down to down to six, and a few little bits raised some some eyebrows up and down, and a, a few are a bit unhappy with where they've been placed. And geographically, you can't help that sometimes every year. But have any of you guys had a, a look through and picked out anything that you know looks a little bit different, or you know, a couple of clubs that might you know, reddish where they've been moved to. Adam going to the Wessex. They've just announced actually this evening they, that they're quite happy to move and looking forward to going to a set of new grounds. They've looked at the travel. Yeah. Um, Pagham's down in Sussex where myself, Gaz and Pete are. Um, and they've been in the in the Southern Combination Sussex League for as long as I can remember forever, I think. And they've been uh, shunted sideways to um, the Wessex League literally because no Sussex side came down from the Ishmian. So with two Kent sides coming down, everyone's shuffled across, and which means Crowborough have moved across from Kent to Sussex again, which is one of the favourites. Um, and Pagham found themselves over Wessex way, but they're quite happy to go. Well, that's good then. I just it'd be a few different grounds for us as well. Thank Pagham a few times. Yeah, few yeah it's not too far down the road, is it? Um, I think between, between three and four, there's not been a lot of, um, lateral movement at all it's been quite uh, what's the word solid I suppose as it is and as you expect it to go but five and six are the uh, interesting ones where teams get shunted a little bit sideways and we have actually got one in step six haven't we guys where Little Hampton United have been promoted from the yeah. uh, from division two into division one mm-hmm. but currently have no team no ground no no, no chairman, no manager, no players. So how does that work? I don't, I don't think Littlehampton United will be around in a couple of weeks' time, is my honest opinion on it. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right on, on that one. But um, obviously what it's done, though, is it's created, <clears throat> excuse me, a, an allocation of a table where a team's sitting at the moment and there's teams around them going, well, we're not convinced they're going to start the season. So... Are they going to reprieve someone? Is someone else going to end up coming up from step seven or what? It's a, a little bit a little bit messy, um, a little bit avoidable, I think. I think I think it is, but from what I understand, is Littlehampton United pulled out a promotion back in March mm. and yeah. said yeah. that they don't want it. So 
why have the Southern Combination and Sussex FA gone, oh, look, you got promoted. If they said they don't want it, then give it to someone else. If there's someone else there that's applied for it and is eligible for it, give it to them. Because I think the problem is the league below, there's no one willing to come up from the West Sussex League to go into that. Mm. So I think I think that's where they just sort of went for it and then they'll be unable to fill all their, fulfill all their fixtures. There'll be one less in that league and then they'll deal with it next year. It's almost like a brush it under the carpet for now and we'll deal with it next time, is what it seems like to me. Yeah, Chris, I don't know if you've seen anything in the northern area where mm. anyone's having a bit of a a winter um, moan. There's a there was a bit of a chew last week when it was announced because Stafford Rangers have stayed in the Northern Premier League. Yeah. Whilst um, a couple of the clubs from so they're Staffordshire. Yeah, yeah. While a couple of clubs from Derbyshire, which technically are closer, yeah, have been moved. So there's a lot of there's a, there's been a bit chew there. I for one, um, yeah, it's, it's it's a longer journey to Stafford, but actually it's a good ground, it's a good club, good good people. So it's a good away day, if I'm honest. Yes, it's a slightly longer journey than the some of the Derbyshire ones, um, but I actually enjoy Stafford. It's a good day out. Um, sad to see a couple of the Derbyshire teams move but that that's the nature of it you know there's a big restructure going on across the country so these things have to happen i'm just delighted that we obviously we've lost an away day at scarborough because scarborough ultimately won the playoffs to move up to national league north but yep. we've gained we've gained um uh, a, a, a local derby for want of a better phrase with uh, mask united being promoted so um at least we haven't we've still retained a, a fairly local game um, and, and, and so that's good to see. So there's been a little bit of a, not a furore, but a bit of surprise in the fact that Stafford have stayed where they are. Um, I was going to ask if, if anyone saw about Wellwing Garden City, um, yes. because that they gave up their their playoff place because of ground grading, and now they've passed the ground grading. Oh, have oh. they? Mm-hmm. Really? Saw it on Twitter earlier. Because uh, Nicky Ironton, the manager, quit. Uh, last week because they couldn't go up and they'd obviously saved themselves from being relegated by not uh, by I think staying out of the playoffs didn't they something like that it's quite a mm. funny little situation but that's that's interesting isn't it very interesting <laughs> they've now passed it so you know does that go back then to appeal to the FA I don't know but obviously they have to give a rest spot for another team to go into the yeah. playoffs didn't they so yeah, they did, yeah. it could open up a right can of worms oh blimey that could be interesting couldn't it around Hertfordshire yeah did I see did I see Mickelover have moved as well? Yeah, Mickelover, they are one of the Derbyshire teams who've moved to the to the cent the central northern Premier League. The central go right down to sort of North London. Yeah. Sort yeah. of the north tip of the that's some long yeah. day, way days for them, isn't it? Yeah. Um I mean Baseford, I think, are the other one. I think Baseford are the other one. Um thing about Baseford, they are right, they are just literally five, ten minutes from the M1. So it's not a problem, really, but Mickelover is slightly different. Um, and that's why, yeah, there was a bit of a surprise that Stafford weren't moved and Mickelover were. Um, I, for one, I'm not too saddened by the loss of Mickelover um, because I, I, because they've got a like an artificial service. I don't know Worthing have the artificial service, you know, but I, I'm not a fan. Um, I'd rather play on grass. So, and Stafford, although Stafford's pitch is generally awful, I still rather play on grass. Yeah, I just had a look at where they were, just north of Loughborough, aren't they? So, yeah, like straight down the M1, I suppose, to, to some of yeah. their fixtures. So, yeah, um, I just, it just, it just, when I looked at it, knowing that they were in the Northern Premier League and going over to the, to the sort of central, I was like, that could be some some That's some really cool, long yeah. long yeah, Tuesday yeah. night trips in March and April next season when games get called off over Christmas time. Absolutely, excellent. Right. Well, while we've got allocations for steps three to three to six, we haven't got any for steps one and two yet because they've literally only just finished and entered into the playoffs. So the National League finally finished yesterday, as as we record on the Monday. 
and congratulations to Stockport County for yeah. finally returning back to the Football League after a decade away. And they've had a had a long spell down in the National League North as well. So it's not just been in the <clears> top non-league division that they've been waiting to get to get back from. Um, they almost did their best to throw it away, whilst Wrexham were uh, the money bags of Hollywood were chasing down really, really well, a bit like Hartlepool did um, last year, which was Dave Challoner's team. But um, absolutely fantastic run from Stockport. I think they went something like 22 games unbeaten, which, you know, blew everyone else away. I, I, I all season said Chesterfield would win that, um, literally because of um, Kabongo Tishamanga's goals, and he picked up that broken leg. The issue they had with James Rowe, which we will come to a little bit later as well. Um, and Chesterfield themselves actually just scraped into the playoffs by, I think it was a point or two points. A point, yeah. So, yeah, point, wasn't it? Um, so they were very lucky to uh, to stay in there. But I think it's probably been one of the uh, better title races, along with Sutton's last year with uh, Torquay, I think it was. Um, it's nice to have a title race that, that that's competitive. And, yeah. you know, the sides underneath as well gave themselves a bit of a shot as well at one stage. I think Stockport made it a little bit uh, more competitive by giving away a few points like Boreham Wood and, yeah, and Rexham beat them as yeah. well, didn't they? Yeah. Um, they made it a little bit... They dragged it out just that little bit more. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was quite good. Now, I think Wrexham have got, got to do a Shield. They've got to do what Shields couldn't and they've got to go up now. Mm-hmm. Um, I yeah. think... They, they, there's no question about that. I think Wrexham have got to win the playoffs. And if they don't, I think there could be a few issues. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, as a Barnet fan, I want them out because, you know, their budget, theirs and Stockport's, you know, a good majority of the league can't compete with them. Um, and it is, creating a, it is creating a bit of an imbalance. But on the flip side of the coin, though, you've got both Halifax and Solihull with much smaller budgets than a lot of those sides in the playoffs. You've got Grimsby and Notts County as well, who are, are, are quite well financed. Um, you know, those two sides have shown that you can do it. If you get if you've got the right manager, you've got the right group of players, it is possible to make it happen. But if you can get two sides out with the two biggest budgets, you know, out of that division and back in the football league. I mean, Wrexham have been down 14 years. They, you know, possibly, you know, you know, do deserve to get to get out as well. Pete, I was just going to say, Trevor, I just saw some interesting comments from Dave Shalliner, mm. um, and he was saying basically that this this league is not an, it's not non-league mm. at no, all, and, mm. it, and he said really, you know, it should be three teams being promoted each each yeah. season rather yeah. than, than yeah. just two. Um, because most of the teams in there are literally full t- full time teams, yeah. And the amount of professionals that drop down from league football into the national league shows you that it is not a non league league at all. No, it's not. I think next so year, do, think... Do, do they come up with a league three? Either that, or it's got to be three up, three down. Um, as simple as that. You've got the sides that have the the, the drop out that have got two years of parachute payments which, you know, effectively should be able to get them back up. It doesn't work because I think a lot of them struggle to adapt to going to places like your Dovers, your Wildstones, your Wokins, your Kingsley. No disrespect to those sides, but it's not like you're going to Mansfield, Rochdale and places like that every week. They're not those kind of stadiums and you've got to deal with it. And a lot of them, it's it's still a culture shock now. You you know, and you think it really, really shouldn't be, to be honest. Um, but you look at the top, probably, I would say at least eight, maybe down to about 11th, would hold their own in League Two. Um, most of them would get comfortably bigger crowds as well. You know, 10,000 at Stockport on yesterday, on Sunday, 9,000 at Chesterfield. You know, it's it's absolutely crazy. And, and the clubs lower down can't live with the budgets that they can, you know, no. that they can spend. Um, but it's got to be something that's decided by the FA because the Football League aren't going to vote to re- to relegate another one of their own, um, while the National League would like to promote. And again, when you look underneath as well, you've got three up and three down, but you've got four down out of the National League, you've got four, four down out of League One. So, you you know, want to mirror it all the way through. 
you know, you really need to, it does, it needs to have a serious conversation and work out how it actually happens, um, you know, before you end up with too many clubs in that division where those that do come up start to look like the Premier League where three that come up and the three that go down again. You might have the odd one that survives for a season or two, you know, and there's every, there's every danger that can happen at the bottom of the National League as well. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Quite comfortably. So the playoffs, the National League start a week on Tuesday. I think it is because Wrexham are in the FA Trophy this coming Sunday, which we'll come to a bit later as well. Wrexham, as we've said, should be the favourites. But you've got Notts County, you've got Grimsby in there. Again, two good sides. Chesterfield have really limped along. And as much as I love Scott Loach, the Chesterfield goalkeeper, I think they are the outsiders. They really are. They're in such bad form um, and they've and they've limped in. But it's knockout football, so anyone it, can win. Exactly. Yeah, you know, it is and anything can happen. Um, but you've got some you've got some very good sides in there. I don't think Wrexham will have it all their own way. And I think it'll be interesting to see when we get to our last episode for before the summer break. Yeah, who's who's actually won it the day before and, and who's going up with Stockport? Yeah, because um, Rex, Wrexham got battered, didn't they, yesterday? At Dagenham, Dagenham. yeah. I, I haven't looked at the Wrexham lineup to see whether they did actually rest a few for next week in the mind that, realistically, Stockport needed a point at home in front of 10,000 mm. fans. Wrexham would have needed something like, I think, about a six or seven goal swing at Dagenham for them to win the, win the league. So... They could have done it, but you're almost looking at miracles. I know Bristol Rovers managed it, but, you know, the chances of it happening, you know, I don't know. They were guaranteed a playoff place. They're going to be at home because they finished second, you know, trophy next week as well. You get, you know, a double of some sort. Not a bad season, yeah. is it? It's not. No. I think if Wrexham get to, get to the final, I think that I think it will be theirs. Just purely based on they're playing at Wembley next week. I know the finals at um, it's at the London Stadium, but that that big stadium sort of experience yeah. for the players of that level really does come into into show the nerves and and that sort of thing. Um, it'd be interesting to see whether players, whether Wrexham fans will watch Wrexham or whether they'll watch the Welsh national side who are playing in uh, their playoff that game day that game as well. I think. Yeah, they weren't too impressed, were they, at having it? On no, the, but my opinion is, if you play in the if you play in a league in the English FA, correct, kind of got to suck it up and get on with it. <clears throat> and then in the in the National League South and North, we're into the into the playoff finals this coming coming weekend. Congratulations to Maidstone and Gateshead who have won both divisions and take their place in the National League next season. So in the South, we've got Dorking or Ebbsfleet, and in the North, we've got Boston. Or York City. So who's who's playing in the conference next year? Sorry, the National League, not the conference. I'm going to go for York City. Yep. Um, Dork. <laughs> Dork Fleet. Dork Fleet. You going for? Dork Fleet. Um, I want Dorking because yep. I think what they've what Mark's done with that club deserves National League football, mm-hmm. and I hope. Fingers crossed we never have him on the podcast, but I think Ebbsfleet might, as underdogs, with no real pressure on them, might nick it and um, and win. Pete? I don't want them to. Oh. <laughs> Just want to say that. Thanks for that. That's right. <laughs> um, obviously, Dorking. I can't see him. I've seen their highlights from against Oxford City and they... They literally battered them. I think they could have probably scored 10 goals, to be honest. Yeah. Um, they just look too powerful going forward to me. And they've got some cracking, cracking players there. 
And they got. No, I just think if they can get through the Surrey Cup final tomorrow, um, without any players getting injured, which going by the season they've had with injuries, yeah, if true. they can go through, get through the Surrey County Cup final tomorrow, I think, I think Peaks right, I think they will win. Um, but my worry, obviously, having watched them on bunch of amateurs and kept a close eye on the scores. Been trying to get there all season, but never seemed to be able to manage it. Um, yeah, I just think they they have got more what it takes. I think they have, but just hope they manage to keep all their players fit after the after their cup final tomorrow. Yeah, I'm going to go Dorking York as well. I think um, you know Dorking deserve it after the last two or three years as well. A bit like Worthing and Hastings as well, and I think in front of their own fans as well. Um, they'll do it. They've beaten Ebbsfleet 5-2 in the league at Meadowbank. So, you know, that might play a little bit into the minds of, um, of Ebbsfleet. York, York City, I think, uh, I think uh, John Askew's there, isn't he, the manager? Yeah. And York, yeah, he's, he's done a fantastic job after Steve Watson to keep them up in, in and around and, and in there. So, um, again, another football league club back in the back in the National League yeah. maybe next year as it Hopefully. goes. But we'll, we'll see, um, see by next weekend. Yeah, I mean York. Um, I met obviously. I, I tipped them for cup success earlier in the season, and they just fell short slightly. Mm. Um, but I think, yeah, I fancy. I fancy them. In Boston, and they've got well, Masanka from South Shields in their ranks. So <laughs> that's why you're going York, isn't it, Chris? Really? Yeah. <laughs> okay. We mentioned earlier that a couple of a couple of managers have gone full-time outside of the National League. And the last few weeks has been a lot of managerial changes, some some good, some handled well, some maybe expected, and some that just came as a, as a bolt out of the blue. At Tunbridge, Steve McKim went after eight years, uh, and that was one of those that wasn't done particularly well oh, friend. By, by Tunbridge. And within a few days, Jay Saunders was in as a full as a full time manager. The pl- the players stay part time and the clubs part time, but full time manager. Um, Neil Smith at Cray Wanderers, who's at level step three, so one below Tunbridge, has also signed a two year deal as a full time manager. And what I was going to put to you guys was was. You look at the Cray project that Neil's taken, which is to develop the academy and all the way through there. And Jay Saunders at Tunbridge is also having a, a 3G pitch put down his remit as well as the academy. Are a lot of clubs now starting to look down a model that Pete Worthing have done for quite a long while with, with Adam? Um, is it something now that clubs see that it's now the next step they need to go to? in order to progress further? And can you see it becoming the norm over the next, you know, two to five years? I, 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 def- I, yeah, I, I, I definitely can. Um, like you say, with Adam, he's been at... Um, uh, we're in his second spell now, but it's mm. been sort of, a, what, four and a half years since he came back. Um, and with this model and the, and the ethos around the club, all the um, the teams at the different levels, down to the under-14s, they all play the same way. Mm-hmm. So all the players that have come through the academy have gone through that and got into the first team now. Mm-hmm. And they've got, this, you know, it's the same ethos, the same mentality, and having the same coaching staff behind you. And I think that's that's really is an advantage. Mm-hmm. It's a lot I mean, of work. I, yeah. I mean, I spoke to Neil just after he got the job and he said what I wanted was a project something that I can build a bit like I did at Bromley and then you leave something behind when you go so do you think that's what managers are actually looking a bit more for now not just the short term go in and fix it straight away but you know building for that next three to five years yeah I, I don't think it's just the manager looking at that I think it's the, it's the clubs who are looking at it now as mm. well more more and more Rather than just you know them getting the manager in for a quick fix, um, that doesn't always work as we know. And then, yeah, I think it's probably a model a lot a lot of clubs lower down or start start yeah. losing. To be honest, Chris, it was, yeah, it was a model that was South Shields brought the model in in 2017. Um, 
they just won the quadruple that year with Lee Picton and Graham Fenton as joint managers. So they won the Northern League, the Northern League Cup, Durham Challenge Cup, and the FA Vars. And then a few weeks later, both both of them signed full time five year contracts with a view to starting um, an academy. And um, obviously the club was, was on a crest of a wave at that time. And we went on to have another back-to-back promotion as well. But it wasn't too long before it got to the point where Graham and Lee had to kind of relinquish a lot of their academy work because it was becoming too much, even though they were full-time and the club was still part-time. Yeah. It was becoming too much. The academy side of it was becoming too much. And um, because remember, not only were they managing the senior team, the first team, and travelling home and away, and as, as a Northern Premier League club now, they were travelling away with the youth team. And the youth team got to the FA Youth Cup, I think first or second round proper, which was massive for, a, you know, for an academy mm. that had just started. And they, I'm sure they went down to Grimsby. So you've got all these types of games and it, it just became too much. So... I, I think the idea of a full-time manager in a part-time club is good on paper and it does work, but it, if you, it, it may not be too long before more recruits are needed. Um, there's only so much one man or two men can do. So it'll be interesting to see how those clubs actually develop mm. by doing that. Mm. Do, we, do we think clubs are now starting to catch up? Like you say, we know, we know Worthing have already done it. We know South Shields have all, already done it. Are other clubs catching up, cottoning onto the idea, or are they doing it at a pace where it's actually going to work for them now? Whereas if they'd have tried it maybe a couple of years ago, it would have fallen flat on its feet. They've watched others and know yeah. where the pitfalls are. Yeah, I think. Sorry, sorry, guys. Go on, guys. No, as I was say, I think it's a. I think it's probably a bit of both, isn't it? I think having seen how well Worthy have done over the last two and a half Cattell see two Cattell seasons and this season. And him and Hinch being full time, I think seeing the success that's happened there. And there's Worthing Football Club, we've got quite a high profile. George is out there quite a lot. He's done a lot of things with various different media outlets, YouTube and that sort of thing, and, and the disability thing in football. And I think Worthing, they're, they're almost in the spotlight quite a lot in terms of their stature. And I think people have seen what he's done with Hinch going full time. And I think. That, I think it's a good idea. It gives a little bit of consistency. Um, Pete? Yeah, I was, I was just going to say, you know, on, on that, we, like you say, we've all been travelling, obviously games on a Tuesday night, all the rest of it. Um, sometimes if Worthing haven't got a, a game on a Tuesday night, then you, you under 18s generally have. And then and that some of those under 18s, they then play for the academy on a Wednesday afternoon in deepest, yeah. darkest Kent, and I've drove them a few times. And of course, you know, Adam's always on the on the on the minibus. And and both teams have won their league quite comfortably this season. Mm. So you've got all three teams, the Academy, the under 18s, and the first team have, have all won the title. So it, it it's it's brilliant. And that's what really that's what happened at South Shields in its first year. You know, it did so so well. And it just it just became too much. Um as it got bigger, you know. If you wanted to, to succeed, you wanted to get bigger. And as it got bigger, it got a little bit too much. Some clubs, by the way, um, they um, do utilise local colleges. So it, a, a club, so a, a team might call themselves, and I'm just plucking a, a name out of the sky, and this is not accurate by any means, but say, for instance, a club might say, it's, well, this is South Shields FC, but... It's actually Parkview Academy for Sport. You know, they're their local names, you know. Um, some clubs are doing that. They're actually linking themselves to local colleges so that they're at the colleges and they play under the auspices. Um, I'm sure Carlisle United have a link with Parkview Academy for Sport. I'm sure. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's, there's loads of different ways and means. But um, looking at what happened at South Shields, the workload does increase dramatically if mm. the academies do become successful. Yeah. One last thing I think on the managerial change, we've seen probably the last few weeks, quite a few clubs have 
have changed managers, have not finished maybe bottom six. Yeah. They've finished mid. Go on, Pete. Going back to Steve McKim, hasn't he gone to Charlton? <clears throat> no, Carl Shorten, not Charlton. Carl Shorten, that's yeah. it. Not Charlton. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, actually, quite a good move for him as he lives in Sutton, so it's very, very local and uh, mm. much better. So, yeah, he's dropped down one level, but he's looking to do similar to what he did at Tunbridge, get Carl Shorten up, which they've been a National League South club before. Um, so no reason why I can't and get them up there. They've, they've got a good setup as well. They have, they? yeah, very good. Yeah, you're right. Plastic, plastic pitch as well. Um, so yeah, yeah, good luck to him there. Um, yeah, as I was going to say on the managerial change, it's in quite a lot of the last probably two or three weeks that clubs have decided to change managers, not necessarily finishing in the bottom six or even in the top six mid table as well. Um, do you think a lot of that is? Although we've had two curtailed years and we've had one complete full season, do you think some clubs are thinking, you know, we've had two years where we can't do anything, we've had the third year, we haven't progressed as much as we'd like, we've actually wasted three years or so to speak. Are a lot of clubs a little bit more conscious of that because they want to progress? Mm, yeah, probably yeah. a little bit of haste and a bit of panic, perhaps. Mm. Um perhaps. I mean, perhaps. I mean I'm not saying I'm not saying some managers have done a bad job or anything like that, or you no. know, they've they've done a good job. Um, but, you know, is there just that little bit more em emphasis on, you know, we need to kick on now because we've lost two years where we couldn't play. We've lost the third year where we haven't, it hasn't kicked on again. Do we need to make the change? Yeah, I think, um, I think, I think I said it to you, actually, there's not been a lot of managerial changes in the last two or three years in terms of like mm. the upper echelons yeah. of non-league. And I think yeah. that's because of the lack of, finances I think mm -hmm. might have something to do with it but I think now they've had a whole season of full crowds and let's face it there's been some absolute staggering figures of crowds in in non-league this this yeah. season I think they've got a bit of money back in through the books and I think they've now got that money to make the, the managerial change and therefore give the new manager a bit of a fresher budget a bit of a bigger budget to try and go and really challenge and push on yeah. Then, you, then you've always got the same thing, haven't you? Sort of ten season, um, ten sorry, ten games into a season, yeah, and it's not quite working with the new manager. And then all of a sudden they're like, "Oh, hold on a minute, have we made a mistake getting it? Yeah. Did the other yeah. yeah, it, yeah. it happens. Happens. Yeah, it's a lottery, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Ten games. I've read a lot of South Shield supporters say, "Give Phillips ten games next year." And I think, well, actually, yeah, yeah, but um, ten games isn't enough. <laughs> Um, never enough. So it's 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 a bit hasty. I think some clubs have been a little bit hasty, but you can understand after what you just said. You know, yep. three three you know years down the yep. pan, really. So yeah, you can understand it. Okay, James Rowe. Now I'm sure we've we've all seen the last week the fallout um, across the uh, the uh, Daily Mail. Um, look, look, looks to me very much timed with their playoff games against uh, against Boston at, at the weekend. And for those listening who don't know what what happened, um, James Rowe left Chesterfield by the mutual consent in the brackets, as they as they call it, having been suspended for um, gross misconduct. At the time, I knew exactly what had gone on because through my through my National League contact in the game, it wasn't a secret. Um, I did I did keep it away. I think we actually recorded, I think, on the Monday it happened or just just after, I think. And because um, it wasn't common knowledge, I thought I'm not going to share it around because it's come from people in, in the game, which, you know, it might not have been common knowledge. Then it started appearing on fans' forums at the end of the week. So I was quite happy sharing the information because it's then no longer no longer a secret. And as it was, it wasn't a secret in the football world anyway. Everybody knew what had actually occurred. And then he pops up at a AFC Fylde, who have good form, which we know, having mm. uh, discussed earlier in the season their job advert, where if you'd like to pick your kids up between the hours of 9.30 and 3.30, they weren't very accommodating. No. So it looks a little bit like a, a match made in, in heaven, but what do we make of it, James? Um, my take on it is filed. Um, I'm not sure about them. As a, <laughs> That's one way to put it, Chris. Um, 
there's, there's a rabbit away somewhere and the mud sticks, doesn't it? Yeah. We know yeah. That. And you mentioned there they've got form and that's the right word. They've got form and it's not, I'm not comfortable with it. I'm not comfortable. Um, it appears, you know, allegedly they didn't do the enough due diligence, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. The Daily Mail aren't going to print what they did without having good reason. You know, people call them the Daily Fail. I'm not a fan of the Daily Mail. No, me but, either. But, but mm. it's, a, it's a, a so-called reputable national newspaper. They're not going to report on something in non-league football. Not, this isn't even league, this is non-league football without having, without having good reason. So, and sadly, AFC filed, keep shooting themselves in the foot. Their PR, I don't know who's in charge of PR there, but uh, he or she is stealing a living, that's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) But didn't they say that they'd made Fylde aware of what had happened? They, well, Fylde are saying they, they, they contacted Chesterfield and because of the non-disclosure agreement between Chesterfield and Rowe, um, that nothing was nothing was said. Chesterfield said that they hadn't contacted them. Chesterfield said they've made the FA aware, which again brings in a safeguarding issue. Regardless of it's not minors, it's it's adults. Yeah. It's still it's still totally applicable. Um, you know, like we said, Fylde have got form. It's it's almost like saying it's what they do. You know, yeah, and yeah, to hell yeah. to hell with everyone else. To be fair, um, you know. I've I've got a few Chesterfield fans on on my on my Twitter feed right from the days when both of us got relegated into the um, into the National League, and um, you know they were all gunning for Boston yesterday because they didn't want James Rowe to set foot back into the Technique Stadium next season, and Boston beat them two nil, um, and that pleased quite a few on my timeline. You know, to be fair, so um, it's another interesting one to watch to see if any, there's any more fallout. Now the you know the FA have been quoted as being you know they are, they're aware of it and um, mm. you know how far down the line it takes it. Um, another story to watch over the over the summer, I think. So this coming weekend on Sunday, it's the showpiece finals, the FA bars and the FA trophy. And down here in Sussex, we're quite lucky that Little Hampton Town, where I reside, have made the final, the first Sussex side ever to get to to get to Wembley in the competition. Um, and it's not their only chance of silverware this year. They've already picked up two, having won the league title on the 23rd of April and the day before we recorded a comfortable 3-0 win over New Haven in the Peter Bentley Cup, which gives them the league and cup double. So they head to Wembley this Sunday for their third trophy. And should they win that one against Newport Pagnell Town, they then play the side who finished second in the Southern Combination Salt Dean on the Wednesday, where they could win a quad vuple. Now, how often do you get the chance of that? Well, South Shields did it in 2017, so there's no reason why. I was going to say. I was going to say when you said that, Chris. Sorry <laughs> that we love that we love a quad vuple. Yeah, it can be done if you're good enough. And more importantly, if the players wanted enough, and that was that was one of the main differences between that South Shields team and the, the South Shields team of 2021-22. The players actually wanted it. They were a great bunch. That that squad will go down in has already gone down in folklore. So if the Littlehampton players wanted enough and they're good enough, then they can do it. And Newport Pagnell were one of the team South Shields beat on the way to winning the Vars in 2017 as well. So um, I think Littlehampton have every chance. I think they've got 50% of what you said there. I think they want it. And oh, comfortably, yeah. They haven't, I've not seen them play as much as Trevor this season. I've seen them play maybe three or four times. And they are certainly good enough. Mm. Um, they knock the ball around with so much ease. Mm. They make other teams at the same level look very ordinary. like a park side. Very, very ordinary. Mm. Um, I think it helps. They've been together a few years. They've been together for the whole... Un- unusual for a county side, but I'm pretty sure they've been together a lot, 
most of them for the last two or three seasons when they've yeah. been curtailed and that sort of yeah. thing. I think they all get on very well. They're all good friends as well. Have you been reading my um, articles? No. I haven't read your articles. I haven't got time for that. I'm going to bed in a minute, so I'll read them when I go to bed. <laughs> send me to sleep. That sends you to sleep, won't it? Yeah. yeah. Pete? Yeah, I've been reading your articles. Good man. Good man. See? See, somebody does. Another few more to come yet as well. But I, th- oh, I, th- yeah. I think as well, all, all serious though, when you've, got, when you've got two strikers that have got 106 goals between them this season, and when you consider Joe Benny's got 59, has missed three months with shoulder injuries... You know, and they've still managed to win games. You know, they've, they've, you know, I say they've walked to the league. You know, they won the league with him missing for those three months after Christmas and we're still scoring goals. They've got so many goals across that team. And, you know, nothing against Newport Pagnell, but, and as Gaz says, I've seen Littlehampton quite often this season. I think something like on about 14 occasions. And I've seen them play so many different formations, take three or four players out. Put a different three or four players, and you get the same performance, same result. Yeah. It really doesn't make a difference. They've got. It's almost like they. It's almost like they're playing patterns. I mean, I I hate Liverpool, right? But they play in patterns, mm. and Littlehampton are doing very similar things. Like mm. they all know where every player is going on that pitch. They'll know where they are before they've even before they've even stepped foot on the pitch. They know where they're playing that ball, and they know how they're going to get it there. And they just almost walk through defences. My only thing is I want the fans to go and enjoy the Wembley trip, but don't be stupid. Like mm. I've seen them do some stupid things recently. Um, I'm all up for fans enjoying it, but bringing fireworks to a football game mm. and a football ground isn't acceptable. I think just go and enjoy the day out of Wembley. Enjoy seeing your hometown at Wembley without <laughs> embarrassing your hometown at the same time. Yeah, that's what, that, that's what I was just about to say. Go for that embarrassing your hometown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think well, both sides are going to be backed by about seven thousand supporters each. I know Littlehampton said earlier this evening they've got a hundred, literally a hundred tickets left um, in their block that you can that you can still buy online before before the weekend. Um, so that's the early kickoff at twelve fifteen, and then at four fifteen in the trophy final, we've got money bags, Wrexham against Bromley, whose season has really, really tailed off into an absolute spin. And if it wasn't maybe for the trophy final, Andy Woodman might not be in a job. Um, I saw Bromley yesterday up at Barnet. Um, I didn't honestly see too much that will trouble Wrexham, having watched them against Stockport the other week um, with the way they played. Again, different occasion though. Wrexham are going to be cheered on by about 18,000 and Bromley, I think, have sold just over 13,000. So, you know, it's going to be a, a whacking good day of football, I think, with um, with both sides. But there could be, and I don't know if it's happened before, that if Littlehampton and Wrexham win each competition, should Wrexham win the playoffs, then neither side can defend their trophy next year because one will be in the Ishman League and the FA Trophy next year and the other one will be in the Football League. I don't yeah. think it's happened before. Mm. So it mm. could be a footballing first, I witnessed yeah. Yeah. on <laughs> Sunday. Who knows? I, I, I shall be watching by poolside with a beer in hand. Yeah, um, I'll be watching pitch side. Yeah. Beat that one. I'll be in 28 degree heat, mate. Don't you worry. I, I will um, tap you up for your BT Sport login there before I go. Yes, you will. You will, won't we? Um, anyone got anything extra to add? Pete, have you got any shout outs? No. Oh, great. <laughs> I've got a shout out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, shout two players who are leaving South Shields. One, not completely, but a big shout out to John Shaw. And Nathan Lowe, who uh, John is going to stay at the club as um, a, a youth development officer. He's going to be coaching the academy, which he has done before. But his playing days at the club are over. Kevin Phillips has decided not to renew his playing contract, um, which I'm in two minds about. I'm, I've got mixed feelings. And Nathan Lowe is leaving the club. I'm, I hope not under a cloud. Um, Nathan had to go on loan to Darlington a few months ago, a few weeks ago, sorry. Um, and he was a player who, on his day, really made, a, made an impact. And he had the club at heart and he got it. He got the club, he got the fans. Has always been very, very good with myself and my family and a lot of fans. He's very popular. 
Um, something happened. Something has happened, and, he, and he's, he's he's leaving. But um, I just want to give them a shout, and I want to wish them well in, in their future endeavours. They are they're good guys, and I wish them well. Des? Um, I've got one. It's not it's not um, non league based, but uh, shout out to Blackpool seventeen um, year old forward who's been the first professional footballer since Justin Fashionu to come out as as gay. Mm. Um, I think that's a massive step yeah. in professional football. Mm. Um, and I hope it almost opens the floodgates to being too acceptable to, yeah. for the football league to accept it. Yeah. Um, massive props. He's only 17 years old as well. So hopefully, hopefully, guys, it's actually the first step on it actually becoming a non-story. Normal. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. quite agree. Yeah. yeah. No, that's, that's what I was trying to say. Yeah, but, yeah hopefully. Um, but yeah. this time next year, as more and more, it's just a non-story, you know. Yeah. They play at the ladies. It's a big story, and rightly so. But hopefully, in the next twelve months, it can become it a non story. Yeah. Who, who cares? You know, really, who cares? Fantastic. I, I, I just think I, it's it's great that he's had the courage to do it. I just yeah. think it's disgusting that it's twenty twenty two, and it's such a big story. <laughs> yeah, scary. Quite, quite agree. Right. So just before we wrap up, who's, who's who's got any football to watch this week? Anyone? Oh, I've got, I've got, I've got one shout out. Oh, here we go. Let's go backwards. Sorry, Pete. Have you got any shout outs? Yeah, I have, mate. Do you want to hear it? Yeah, go on. Uh, <laughs> good luck to Forest tomorrow night. Yeah. Is that it? Is that it? <laughs> I mean, that's going to be playing for I'll, Huddersfield. I like all that. I like all that. Good luck, Forest. Thanks. So, Chris. moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Has anyone got any football to watch this week? I think you know yeah. the answer to that one, don't you, Trev? Well, I, I do for you, Gaz. Yeah, missing out on Dorking Wanderers three times this week is a bit of an effort, so well played there. <laughs> yeah. You're welcome. I, I, I might be going to Dorking on Saturday and I'm still working on something for Sunday. Mm. Mm, there we go, um, Chris. I think the football I might watch this week will be football. Uh, um, BT Sport Sunday, Chris. BT Sport Sunday, 12.15. I, I might be on a cricket field. Uh, so, it's supposed to rain in England. <laughs> um, if I'm not playing on the cricket field, I will be watching BT Sport, that's for sure. I'm obviously at Wembley, but, you know, just how it is really, isn't it? That's it, Trev. <laughs> <laughs> and then, I'll, I'll, well, it's um, it's watching like, on like on like Twitter and Facebook and, and everywhere else that seasons are finished and everything. And I'm sitting there going... Hang on, I had a game yesterday at Barnet. I've got Wembley next week. Still another cup final the week after that. The season well, like doesn't that one. quite finished, the 25th. I still be away. 25th? Oh, yeah, I'm away. Oh, oh, yeah, you're away, one. so you'll miss that one as well, yeah. Yeah. And then, obviously, yeah. the National League doesn't actually finish until the 5th of June. So I'll still be watching that. And then everyone's back in pre-season training, ready for, ready for pre-season friendlies in four weeks' time. You know? Wow. Crazy. It's a bit mental, isn't it? Yeah. Man, it's, it's very crazy. Sure. Yeah, very there sure. needs to be a better break. Needs to be a better break. Got yeah. to be a better break. Yeah, I think I think hopefully next year. I, what I, what I've not liked with the football league playoffs this year is they've been so staggered. Yeah, like League Two finishes first, and then League One, mm. and then the Championship finishes, and then while they're finishing, you have got playoff games going on. It's a little bit, you know, even the National League's a little bit disjointed that. The North and South will finish their playoff finals this weekend and the National League won't even have started their playoffs. How can you plan players, retain yeah. lists? You know, it's um far too short for me. But what do we know? We just we just do a podcast, don't we? Yeah. We just talk nonsense for an hour. We do, don't we? Right. That's us wrapped up. Thanks for joining me tonight, gents. You're welcome. And You're welcome. One more episode to go for us, and then we'll have a, a little summer break and We'll come back all refreshed, but we'll be back in about two to three weeks' time. <laughs>